Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. But Sam Bradshaw, a guy who does a ton of of really in-depth work for Sikkim365, joins us now. And Sam, uh, Baylor got the win last week. They changed up the offensive line. They changed up their scheme and what they're doing. Do you feel like that's going to be the offense moving forward? Are they going to do it in kind of a let's see what we can get away with against this particular team this week kind of a thing? Thanks for having me on, and I'm leaning towards kind of the second. Um, first and foremost, I think the reshuffling on the offensive line helped them a lot. I feel like it gave them a little better matching of the skill, the skill sets and the different positions. It allowed Barrington to be a little bit more of a natural position, and you had effectively no drop-off at center. You were able to upgrade a guard spot. I felt like it helped them, but you're going to have to see them tailor their game plan to who they're playing to a greater degree than they've had to do in prior seasons just because they don't really have the ability to impose their will on the ground the way they have in years past. And when you have that, you're having to figure a way around the game plan. And last week against a very, very active and disruptive Cincinnati front, that took the form of short passes, quick passes, get the ball out, and some RPOs in order to disrupt what Cincinnati may have had planned against a team like Iowa State that might be a little tougher to win with because, you know, they're more than happy to keep you in front of them and tackle you immediately over and over and over again and win inside against the run with very limited guys and deny those RPOs by having those zone senders sit back until they force you to run. They're going to make you block them because they believe in their front that they will be able to muddy up the works in your run blocking so that some of those free hitters that are hanging back in zone can fly down and clean up. You uh, told me in a text that Iowa State is like Air Force a little bit in the the way that they um, they they set up their defense. Baylor did not play well against Air Force last year for a variety of reasons, but just comparison-wise, talk me through why they're so similar defensively to Air Force. Well, I was not necessarily talking schematically, but I was saying in the sense that much like Air Force's offense, you can look at them anytime since 2017, and generally you're going to see similar athletic profiles of every position. They're, the faces and names may change, but the general feel of who they've got out there is effectively the same. And they just maintain a high level of play with effectively – you know, not overwhelming talent. I mean, they have a few guys like a Will McDonald or somebody similar to that every few years. But at the same time, it's not like they're getting first rounders every single year. They've got a few guys that could really play, but, you know, they're consistently performing at a nationally strong level of play with 
somewhat underrated talent year in, year out. And it's a lot like Air Force in the fact that the names and faces change, but the product on the field remains constant and strong. Matt Campbell has a new OC. They had they lost to Iowa. Then they, I think they kind of let Iowa beat him again when they lost to Ohio the very next week. Uh, in in the lost that game like ten to seven uh, was was really bad. Since then they've rallied. They've become this team that is a tough out outside of the Oklahoma game. They've won all, all the rest of them. They are uh, playing Matt Campbell style football. What have you seen under this new OC that's allowed him to to kind of reclaim who he is? Well, I feel like the players are playing for him a little more than they were the prior year. And, it, you know, hearing Campbell describe the change, it was similar to Aranda's description of bringing Powledge in instead of Ron Roberts. It wasn't necessarily the schematics. That was the big change. It was kind of behind the scenes, those kind of things. And much like prior years, they do a good job of using their formations and using their personnel to put you in a bind. Last year, Iowa State's offense wasn't great, but they did a really good job of getting their slot receiver matched up on the backside linebacker over and over again. And he gave Baylor fit. And they do a really good job. I could see them do a lot with uh, formations and motions to really make Baylor have to defend the edge, which they've been inconsistent with, and then use those tight ends to get specific coverage matchups that Baylor didn't exactly handle all that well against Texas and Cincinnati. You know, there's a lot that they can do because this Baylor team's been so up and down defensively. And this is an Iowa State offense that, you know, none of their individual skill guys are overwhelming. But it's, it's every single guy allows them to keep the playbook open a little bit. So, for instance, Rocco Beck, the quarterback, he's not some elite runner, but similar to how Nick Florence was an elite runner, but he kept the quarterback run game in the playbook when he took over for RG3 the following year. Obviously, there's drop-off and pure upside compared to the guys they replaced, but you still have to account for that when you're scheming up against this team. And they've started to lean on him in the run game a little bit more in certain situations. And they've got a committee at running back. They provide a few different skill sets. Norton's kind of their big back. they got a couple guys that can really scoot speed-wise. And then, of course, Jalen Knoll at receiver and they got the Eastern Kentucky transfer outside. They've got a lot of different pieces they can play with. So Sam, uh, Baylor, what will they have the most trouble with Iowa state this week? Well, first and foremost, scoring against that defense, just because that Baylor team has not been very effective at staying on the field and being consistent. And Iowa state's one of those teams that wants to weaponize forcing the other team to be consistent. They're going to play with their front three and maybe one or two linebackers in the box against most 10 and 11 personnel sets. And from there, they are going to say, those guys are going to absolutely clog up the run. We'll occasionally do some pressures to help them in pass rush, but you're not going to be able to run on them, and we're going to outnumber you in the passing game. And we're going to change the coverages on you after the snap like a shell game. We're not betting you can put eight plays together. We're not betting you can put 10 plays together. And, you know, given Baylor's issues in the red zone, that could be really, really difficult for Baylor because Baylor's best chance here is if they can manufacture some big plays where they can score from distance, take a lot of that long-term execution out of it, and take that red zone execution out of it. I think that plus the turnover battle and finding a way to get this young quarterback to cough it up or 
disrupt him to the point that you get some stops that way. I think that's Baylor's best path to a victory here. And while I certainly think Baylor can pull it off, I think Iowa State's playing better now. I think much like Iowa State did every single year from 2017 to 2021, in non-conference they either lost to Iowa or a group of five schools. But by mid-October, fixed a lot of their issues, and now they have a chance to yet again be a factor in the Big 12 race, whether they make it to Arlington or not. So um, they they shuffled the offensive line last week, and that helped them pass block a lot better um, against a good a good front. But they they only got to Blake Shapen I think one time, uh, which uh, is. Uh, way better than the infinity times that he was uh, essentially <laughs> getting to before. So they, they cut that way down. Um, do you expect to see them run the ball better against a run defense that's not been good, or is that just something that Baylor doesn't do well? I think if they're up against a team that's not all that sound in run defense, they can be effective as they were against UCF. But I think Iowa State pretty sound against the run and they're going to make it tough on them. But I also think that Baylor will probably have a little bit of an easier time in pure pass protection situations where Iowa State's rushing three or four because Iowa State graduated some of their best pass rushing guys and they haven't been all that prolific at getting to the quarterback and getting sacks compared to prior years. So between that and the reshuffled line, I think Baylor should be able to at least protect a little bit, but whether or not that's protection for the five to ten yard routes or whether that protection could hold up for the true deep shots that would really really allow them to put Iowa State in a bind that's where I begin to question it and hopefully the reshuffled line can provide some of that upside for them I think Iowa State is very very effective at making the running game difficult because it's not just those interior guys stopping those A gaps and B gaps and C gap runs it's forcing you to spill it outside where either that middle safety is hanging right behind the core of your defense or it's a corner or safety hanging off the edge whose zone coverage responsibility is perfectly married to cleaning up against the run puts him in a very not it does a good job of preventing putting him in a conflicted position where he where his run responsibilities over here and his pass responsibilities over there they do a good job marrying those responsibilities so it's a tough nut to crack rpos are difficult to do it with if your run's not really all that effective same with play action so it's going to be really really incumbent on Chapin there were a couple plays last year where Iowa State guys their coverage well took away his first couple reads and then they got pressure on him and he had to buy time keep his eyes downfield and make some big conversions he had one I think on like a first and 15 that eventually led to a touchdown drive and it's largely going to be incumbent on him to keep this offense moving because I don't think he's going to get that much help from the run game. You you've picked this game pretty close. You don't expect to see fireworks really in this one, do you? Not really. Iowa State. Um, I mean, if either team really went off on the other, I think it would be Iowa State just because I think Baylor has a lot of youth on defense, and Iowa State can run the ball, and they've got a few different interesting matchups they could potentially get. Um, but. You know, I think both teams, Iowa State, much like last year, is not executing at a level yardage-wise that's similar to what other teams do against their opponents. So they haven't really been prolific. And I think Baylor's offensive struggles are well-known on this program. So I'm not really predicting a big scoring gap there. I just I just struggle to see how Baylor breaks 
anything significantly above 20. And I think Iowa State will clear 20. Sam Bradshaw, Sigum365.com. Subscribe to the premium section. Read all his stuff. Whenever he does it, he goes deep and breaks down the film uh, or TV ratings and things like that. Sam, thanks so much. Have a great weekend, buddy. Rogue Media Network. Oh.